When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey everyone, Matt Williamson. I am back to talk Steelers defense. We went over the front line, D line, edge rushers, you know, slash outside linebackers, and let's uh, let's just dig right in here now to the second level guys and the true linebackers, those that back the line. Um, Mark Robinson's a seventh round pick this year. I would assume that he is, you know, destined for the practice squad, maybe a special team or down the road. We'll see. Uh, I'm interested to watch him live at camp. I'm actually recording this from our first day at camp. The practice just ended. Went back to my hotel room, chatting with you guys now. Um, I will do a lot more research on Robinson. Not a ton to take away from him as a draft profile guy. Um, Marcus Allen, to me, has... It's hung around, you know, I mean, there's something to be said for somebody that hasn't made a big impact that was drafted in 2018 and still is getting a shot, still is getting a shot. Good special teamer, safety linebacker, tweener, kind of a master of none, though. I would think that there's a strong chance this is his last year in a Steeler uniform, but has one last opportunity to really make an impression again, stick Again, it's probably with Coach Smith on special teams more than anything. Ulysses Gilbert, to me, though, is still very interesting. I mean, one year ago, if I was recording this podcast, I would have had a hot take, and you guys don't know me, I'm not a hot take guy, that Gilbert was going to be the surprise and was going to really turn into a quality run-and-hit pro. A lot of injuries through his career, but I know a lot of people take the preseason with a grain of salt. But Gilbert made a lot of plays through the preseason, very active. He has traits. Uh, a lot. This is going to be a theme, by the way. A lot of these off-the-ball linebackers take longer now in today's NFL to really adjust, and certainly this is going to be the case with you know Devin Bush when we get to him, than they did in years past. And the reasoning, folks, is the offenses just manipulate second-level defenders more and better than they ever have. All the play action and all the stuff to get them leaning one direction or you know take a, a short step forward. I mean, all that kind of stuff, as well as all the quick hitting passing concepts. And Gilbert struggled that way. But I, I don't want to say this is a make or break camp for him. 
I'm still holding out hope. I, I think there's a chance that he has a productive career, maybe go so far as to be the clear number three inside linebacker on this team this year still. And who knows, maybe more. I mean, when we get to Bush and Jack, there's no guarantee that those two, either one of them, will be back next year. So, um, again, Gilbert's in a, a pivotal time in his career. I am not writing his story quite yet. I still think there's a lot there to work with. I am writing Robert Spillane's story, though, and it's fine. He's an NFL player. He's a backup. He's a special teamer. He is what he is. He's an okay athlete. Obviously, nothing special there in terms of explosion, explosion or change of direction. He understands the position. That's all great. He's limited. But if he's on the field, he's probably your weakest link, you know, but he'll probably make the team. I would hope that Gilbert or Buddy Johnson supplants Sablane as the number three and that he doesn't get significant snaps on defense. But, you know, he's an injury or a bush implosion away from playing a lot of snaps. So uh, to me, I find that really interesting as well. So in that regard, he has a lot of value. I mean, he's a leadoff walk. I know what he is. You know, I mean, you'll take it, but it's not ideal. It's not great. Buddy Johnson, I mean, all of a sudden, you had a redshirt year. I mean, rarely does the fourth-round picks get a total redshirt year like he did. Um, he was very sought-after, well-regarded from a toughness, leadership, captain perspective coming out of a big school A&M, uh, you know, with more, obviously, two A&M rookies last year. But we saw nothing from him. So uh, I would hope that... Buddy Johnson and Gilbert lead the Steelers in preseason tackles and are all over the field and making us say, whoa, th these guys are all over the field against, you know, rookies and even, um, you know, even with the first team, possibly, if you're sitting Bush or Jack early in games. Uh, I didn't love the Johnson pick when it happened, but he's an easy guy to forget about in this equation. And he could have a strong season, or he could be a starter next year, or even supplant Bush, possibly. All this is probably a little more optimistic than the truth with all those guys. All five of the dudes I just mentioned probably are not the answer or a long-term solution. But if one is, you're sitting you know, pretty. That, that's worth all the investment there. Speaking of investment, I mean, we have to get to Devin Bush here. I mean, love Kevin Colbert to death. I think he's a Hall of Famer there's a chance that what they gave up for him goes down as one of Kevin's worst moves. You know, I mean, investing heavily in a non-quarterback to move up in round one is traditionally not even risky business, but bad business. And in this case, it's looking like terrible business. So he's always going to be small. I don't think he's a great tackler. And part of that's because he doesn't have a great tackle radius. You know, I mean, doesn't have the long arms. He's a smaller guy. He'll bounce off people at times. He's an extreme athlete. You know, we saw that the combine, but you also saw that the on the field at Michigan. He is explosive. He has great change of direction. He's balanced. He has power. He's smart. He's a leader. All that stuff at the Michigan level. And he showed a lot of that early on with the Steelers. Um, obviously, an injury was a big deal there. By all accounts, he never trusted that knee, and that shows on tape. And that's great. I mean, well, it's not great, but I mean, it's at least that would explain the play. 
But he also had poor alignment issues pre-snap or recognition things or feeling crossing routes before, before uh, behind him or in front of him. His feel for zone coverage has always been problematic, much more of a man coverage guy. If you remember early on, he was locking down Saquon Barkley in man coverage. He was a great man coverage player at Michigan. But zone has been a problem. So those are things to look for with him. Didn't pick up his fifth-year option. So absolutely, absolutely more than any player on the team. It is crossroads, pivotal time, put up or shut up for Devin Bush. And I wouldn't have picked up his fifth-year option either. But I'm also not you know, writing his story completely because I liked him coming out of school. And he certainly has flashed, but it has not been pretty of late. Miles Jack is really interesting. Um, Much like many of their free agent additions, it's a two-year deal. But if he isn't a hit, they can get out of it, move on. They may have two new inside linebackers, as I alluded to next year. That's possible. But he was a rare player. And go read the write-up I wrote on him on the, on the site. I think it's a really good explanation of what he is. Um, he has a knee, and I hate commenting about injuries because I am not a doctor, but I think he is always going to fight this knee that made him a second-round pick, not a first-round pick. And he might be one of those guys that doesn't doesn't practice on Wednesdays consistently, that type of thing. At his best, he has great range, thickness, size, speed, versatility, blitz, man, zone. But I wasn't real impressed with his tape last year. I mean, it wasn't the Devin Bush level, but I thought Jack's first couple years in the league were better than this last year. And Jacksonville went out and got three prominent off-the-ball linebackers and let him go. You know, I mean, it was a different staff there. And I think you have to, anytime you're talking about the Jags last year, you have to talk about what a awful coaching job and, um, you know, situation and environment all those guys were in. So I like the risk. I like the investment. It's, I very much condone the signing, but don't think for a minute that, oh, they're out of the woods. All these problems are solved. He's a superstar. He could be. He could be a pro bowler or he could be off the team this year. I think that way one easily could go either way. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Let's move 
the safeties. Carl Joseph, small, former first-round pick, stout, but not great in coverage, really hard worker, core special teamer, more strong than free, but he's a little short to be dealing with tight ends, you know, so that holds him back. You don't really want him in deep coverage. So there are some limitations there at this stage that have been exposed, but he has a chance to stick again. I like Miles Killebrew, great special teamer, similar profile to Joseph, but much better size. You know, he's not going to play in the defense very often, and they have a lot of different secondary options, you know, guys in the in this defensive backs that we can talk about so that Killebrew won't have to play, but he won't embarrass himself out there. Sort of a pseudo linebacker. He has some Marcus Allen like usage, but I like Killebrew better. I like him better than Joseph. You know, these linebackers, strong safety types. So that's what he is. And and he's going to be in the league probably for a, a pretty good time because he is a really good special teamer, doesn't make mistakes, has some explosiveness to him too on contact. Um, again, check out my write up on DeMonte KZ. And I think you'll be excited about him. You know, that. I, I think in this league now, there's almost three types of safeties. There's the true free, that's Minka. You know, the true strong, that's Edmonds. And then that Tyron Mathau, Honey Badger, corner safety, versatile slot, and that's KZ. And they got him at a super cheap deal. He's not super big, but he has explosive traits, you know, um, as a rusher or stacking up blocks. I mean, for a smaller guy, he plays with some size and physicality, a little bit of snapping his hips. Going back to college and at the pro level, he takes the ball away both as an interception player as well as creating fumbles. That's been consistent with him. He's been a down-after-down slot corner. He's been a down-after-down free safety. He can play too high with Minka. Um, again, he can blitz in sort of a bigger, more physical Mike Hilton role. So there's a lot of ways he can help the team. Um, I think that's a great pickup, and it was a thing, that, a component they were kind of missing lately. People give Terrell Edmonds a hard time, and you know Dale Lawley and I talk about this a lot. That if they were taking him ten picks later in the second round, we'd all be saying, "Wow, nice second day pick, solid contributor, plays a lot of snaps." Good football player, not special. You'll take that all day long, long-term starter out of a second-round pick. And Edmund's fault is he was a first-round pick. And frankly, none of us, including myself, thought he was worthy of a first-round pick coming out of school. Um, I, I don't think that draft in the first round went the way they wanted. I bet they would have loved to trade back, but sometimes you have to stick and pick, and that's who they got. And Edmonds has been solid. You know, you'd like... His highlight tape isn't great. You know, that that's the issue. His ball skills aren't great. He doesn't make game-changing plays. But again, he logs more snaps than like anyone on the whole defense since he's been here. They brought him back on a super cheap deal. He can play in the box. You know, when they when they go to man, he's often the tight end guy and does a very suitable job there. One-year deal, you could bring him back at a right price. Again, a lot of versatility in the safety room now. And, you know, he is what he is. I don't think that he's going to explode and be a, you know, a, a pro bowler or an upper echelon starter. But he's a quality player at a great price. And maybe his snap count goes down a little because, again, they have more options in the secondary, including KZ. But he's not going to hurt you when he's out there. And ideally, if you look at just a starting 11, you know, if he's your 
ninth or tenth best starter, that's fine. And most defenses don't have that. Make is a superstar. And true free safeties to me are harder to find than you know the other versions we talked about the safety position. And he does that as well as any safety in the league. Is a deep, high, middle post player. And I often talk, I know some of you are hockey fans, I'm sure. And I always use the comparison when you have him, Ed Reed, Earl Thomas on the Legion of Boom, single high in a league that has really gone to very uh, high percentage of two high shells. The Steelers don't have to because they have that middle defender that can go sideline to sideline. They can still take away the deep ball with one as opposed to two. And that's one of the biggest values of Minka, as long as well as his versatility, which I'll get to toughness, leadership. He's really becoming a leader here too. Amazingly, I'm sure you've heard Dale bring this up. This today, I'm recording this on Wednesday, July 27th, was Minka's Fitzpatrick's first ever practice at St. Vincent College, which is amazing. But whatever the hockey analogy, that's what I'm going to get back to. He's almost like that, Awesome goalie. You know, I'm old. I remember the, the the Gretzky Oilers, you know, Grant Fuhr being back there allowed Paul Coffey to cheat up at the and be an offensive player because if the guy got behind him, Fuhr would bear, bail him out. You know, Earl Thomas allowed Richard Sherman to cheat on routes a lot more because Earl would bail him out. You know, that type of thing. And I think Minka, his presence back there and quarterbacks fear him. You see that on the All-22 tape allows those behind him to take chances and be better football players. And that's why you pay him. It'll be really interesting to me with KZ here. Might they ask Minka to do more? And I make it sound like he just sits in deep middle, you know, all the time. You know, he does a lot of robber stuff and, you know, different, you know, disguise coverages. But he was a corner, you know, a lot had a corner background at Bama. Versatility was a calling card for him, you know, coming out of the draft is a very early pick. Like I'm thinking when they play the Ravens, might they say, hey, Minka, you're on Mark Andrews all day long. Maybe, you know, I mean, because that team in particular no longer has the Hollywood Brown scare you over the top. KZ could be your free, whatever. And you could take away maybe or at least really compete with their best receiver with a safety, you know I mean? So that to me has immense value. There might be two or three safeties in the league I'd take over Minka. You know, Derwin James comes to mind. Maybe Justin Simmons, Kevin Byard in Tennessee. But he's in the elite tier, deserved to get paid, and absolutely Again, versatility. So let's start with a couple guys. James Pierre. I mean, amazingly, this time last year, folks, we were all talking about Pierre as the starter. You know, um, he isn't that. Now I think he's a borderline roster player. Has some size, has some flashes. Hard to trust. You know, he's going to be fighting tooth and nail, probably with Justin Lane for an, a, a roster spot. But there's some things there, and there's some experience there. They like him enough that he'll be in the mix. Um, I don't want him out there anymore, you know, in typical sets or as an outside corner. 
I think that ship has probably sailed. Honestly, I don't know if he's a great special team or just an adequate one. I'll try to work on that one. But that brings me to Justin Lane. I mean, has he been somewhat of a washout as a third-round pick? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to deny that. But he's right there with Watt and some of those guys as core, core, super important special teamers. And he's out there for all phases. He was right at the top of the team in snaps played on special teams across the board. He makes plays there. He has size. He has speed. He has traits. Um, if I'm Justin Lane, I would consider this a successful year. If I could convince the defensive staff that if Wallace or Witherspoon or Sutton got hurt, that I could plug in as an outside corner, not a slot, and be good enough to win with, you know, and that that and be a great special teamer. I think that's what we want to see out of Lane. Really going to have eyes on him in preseason as a defensive player. I mean, he's out of the woods as a star, basically. Star is a strong word. Uh, but as a really good special teamer. So if he can be, you know, have a really nice preseason in coverage, if I were the Steelers, I would ask Lane and Pierre to play a lot of man coverage on the outside. Both those guys really aren't slots. And see what you can do. If you can play man coverage on the outside, even against, you know, younger guys or not top of the roster dudes, I'm, I'm pretty excited. But again, really pivotal time in Lane's career as a defensive player. Arthur Millette is was fighting for the starting nickel a year ago. And I don't think any less of him now. I just think that they have better options. You know, like the reality is if there is such a thing, it's not really a term you hear very often. He's probably a backup nickel, you know, <laughs> he's only really a slot, but I don't think he's terrible. You know, it's kind of like I just said about Lane. If, if they throw Millet out there, I think they're fine. I just don't see the versatility that KZ brings or Sutton or other slot options they have. Trey Norwood, you know, he's not much of a blitzer. He's not great against the run as slot corners go. And those guys have to play close to the line of scrimmage. I think he's a fine special teamer, but not a star. So, you know, he's probably, but if he's your last corner on, in the, on the depth chart, on the, on the final roster, that's great. I mean, that is a lot of value, especially with Pierre and Lane being outside guys, Millette's your inside guy. Like that would be your backup group of, of corners, give or take. Trey Norwood's a bit of a wild card. I mean, certainly has been a success story for a seventh round pick in 2021, um, bigger body than some of these guys, certainly more versatile than some of these guys. I mean, you could list them as a nickel. You could lift, list them as a safety. He's a different style player than KZ, but I think you can potentially use him in some of those variety of ways that I just mentioned. Um, not a bad athlete either. So I, it, it, maybe he's your dime back and the, the, the offense doesn't know exactly where he's going to be. Could he be in deep coverage? Could he be near the line of scrimmage? Could he hover around the second level? Could he play some man coverage against, you know, receiving backs, the Geo Bernard types, the James White types? I mean, maybe. So uh, he's very intriguing to me. I think he's a keeper as a seventh round pick. Um, his role is still sort of up in the air, but he has that jack of all trades ability, which I think is really important. Um, Cam Sutton's been a favorite of mine for a while. Really liked the pick when they made it. Um, he, frankly, I, I think whether Witherspoon, Wallace, Sutton, none of those guys are number one corners. 
but I don't think any of them are, you know, deficient or, you know, where's Waldo? Who's, who's going to get picked on time and time again? I think they're all B minus players. And if they turn into B's great, they'll never be A's. Um, I think Sutton's fine on the outside, but I think ideally, and they're going to play more nickel than anything, folks. I mean, that's really base is Witherspoon and Wallace line up at left and right. Sutton is your nickel. Um, I think it'll be interesting to see if Witherspoon or Wallace will put Sutton on the bench when they only have two corners on the field. But Sutton has a lot of versatility, a lot of reliability, not a lot of special traits. But, I mean, he was a team captain as well, and he brings a lot to the table that way. Uh, he's actually returned punts in his career. That's not his you know, forte, of course. Just want to throw it out there, though. It's just a lot of things he could do. But he's an outside corner, and he's a slot corner. And if he's strictly a slot, I think Sutton will be one of the top 10 slot corners in the league, give or take. If he was strictly an outside guy, he's probably 50th. You know what I mean? Which is fine, too. I mean, again, they're, they're not going to have – they don't have Rob Woodson out there, folks. I mean, they're not lining up with Woodson and Blunt at corner. And in a way, they kind of cut corner at corner because their pass rush is so good. And they want physical guys there that will tackle – with length, you know, which brings us to Wallace and Witherspoon. Both those guys have similar profiles. They're both tall, skinnier than you like, but they can get away with that because they have long arms. They get their hands on footballs. Witherspoon will start with him. Both those guys signed identical contracts, not a an accident, folks. You know, I mean, that, they, they value them exactly the same. Their roles are going to be exactly the same. They're strictly outside guys. Um, one's going to be on the left, one's going to be on the right. They don't really want a true number one corner following around number one receivers because the rest of the other, you know, if you do that, if you have Revis following around a number one guy, well, the other 10 guys on the, on the defense have to adjust accordingly to wherever Revis is or whatever. So they kind of want the left-right thing. I'm not saying they would turn their nose up at Terrell Revis. I mean, that's not what I mean here. But they're not, they don't, they don't, feel like they have to have a Ramsey or Revis type, you know, especially with that pass rush. But Witherspoon, Witherspoon to me was a very successful pickup. I love how he gets his hands on the football. He anticipates throws. He uses his length very, very well in that regard. Um, not a, a banger. Again, he's a leaner guy, um, but he'll tackle. It's not really his forte. I, I think he's a nice pickup as well. Um, I'm sure a lot of you are asking, you know, boy, I mean, they trade for this guy and he's inactive forever. Well, this goes back to Justin Lane. I mean, the reason Witherspoon was inactive was, first off, he was on the team at this point last year. They didn't see him at camp. They didn't gain that trust with him. And for him to be active on game day, he had to be a better special teams player than Justin Lane. And he wasn't. Justin Lane's an excellent special teams player. So, therefore, you can only have so many guys active on game day. Witherspoon didn't get a hat for a long time until he got the opportunity. But when he did, and this is what scares me, small sample size, although he flashed at you know, previous locations with, with the Seahawks, and they liked something to trade for him and gave up a decent pick to do it. But it was a small sample size last year to go off of. But he was their best corner when he, you know, his stretch last year as a starting corner was their best corner play last year. So if he keeps that up, he'll way excel, exceed what they invested in him contractually. Um, and then Wallace is the last guy to talk about today. Again, another one. I wrote him up, you know, all his background, do a, do a search for the site there. I think you'll be very impressed. 
tough as the day is long. You know, he was in the same secondary with Minka at Bama, except he was a walk-on. He's a, a self-made guy. Very lean, but he has length. He's not real explosive. He didn't run a great 40, but he understands the position extremely well. Uh, he's always been basically a number two corner, you know, with uh, White in, in Buffalo being the star. So he's had a lot of balls thrown his way. But if you look at like his advanced metrics, the pro football focus stuff, which I can kind of take with a grain of salt, especially with coverage players, very, very good. Um, gets his hands on the football a fair amount, um, but I don't think he's going to hurt you. And I think that's kind of what they're looking for at corner is be solid, be tough, have a, an edge to you. Uh, he's won a lot of games with the Bills. And I've mentioned this with Trubisky that the Steelers and the Bills head coaches have a very good relationship. And I'm sure he gets a ringing endorsement from his old boss, you know? So uh, I like the Wallace pickup. Again, there's not a a star at this corner position. And I don't think any of them can become stars. You do have a star at free safety. Um, but the secondary in general has a lot of options. You know, I mean, if your nickel package is Wallace Witherspoon, Sutton in the slot, Minka Edmonds, well, you don't even have KZ on the field. You know, KZ could sneak in there against different teams. Maybe if you're playing the Bengals who have, you know, a, a lot of different scary receivers. You put KZ out there instead of Edmonds and get a little lighter, a little bit better coverage. You know, um, Trey Norwood can be in that mix as well. Millette in a pinch. So I think their secondary goes seven, maybe eight deep of guys you can put out there and not hurt you. But there's only one star, and that's Minka. It'd be great to have one more star back there at any position, but, you know, preferably corner. Not really the way they team build, but I mean, that's subject for debate. I mean, they may, you know, change that going forward, especially with all the cap space and stuff they have going forward. Next year's first round pick might be a very toolsy six foot one corner. Who knows? But that's my take on the back seven of the defense. There's a lot of options there. Uh, the linebacker position scares me still, you know, namely Bush, but Jack's not totally out of the woods either. And I think the secondary is going to be noticeably better than last year. So, uh, that is a wrap for me over and out. I need to do a little thought process of what my next podcast will be. I'm open to suggestions. Drop me a note on Twitter at Williamson NFL or any of my comments on the, uh, the articles I've been writing too. I've been fun interacting with you guys on that front. So that is a wrap. I will be at practice again tomorrow and we're going at it full time now with training camp. See you.